We're in a situation where we have put together, and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Welcome to the BCP Podcast. I am James, BCP, Black Conservative Patriot. Big hug to all of y'all. We know that it's no coincidence that the same day that we have the Supreme Court hearing of the Colorado case trying to take President Trump off of the ballot, which also the main taking off of President Trump off of the ballot also hangs in the balance on that decision by the Supreme Court. The same day that happens... We get Ben Hur's report and they drop in the news that Joe Biden is not going to be charged for his mishandling of the documents, even though President Trump was raided at Mar-a-Lago and is facing charges for having confidential and classified information, even though he was the president and Joe Biden did these actions as vice president and Senate. But the reason why... They're not going to charge Biden is the beginning of the deep state and the Democrats getting rid of Joe Biden before the 2024 elections get in full swing. We're going to get into all of that. But let's start off with first President Trump somewhat trolling the press yesterday. He said he the, the press got to over to Mar-a-Lago for a press briefing from President Trump about what happened yesterday at the Supreme Court. And before he got into it, since he had everyone's attention, he started talking foreign policy. And boy, were they pissed. It was a good 90 seconds or two minutes before President Trump got into talking about the Supreme Court. But what he had to say is very important. The world is in tremendous danger. We're in danger of possibly a World War III. And we have a man who's absolutely the worst president in the history of our country. He can't put two sentences together. He's not going to be able to negotiate with Putin or Xi or Kim Jong-un, North Korea. Not going to be able to negotiate with anybody. All he knows how to do is drop bombs all over the place, meaningless bombs, except they kill a lot of people. It costs a lot of money. Every time you see a bomb, it's another million dollars. 
And it actually sets us back. We have peace through strength. This should not be happening. The Middle East is blowing up. It's blowing up. And a lot of people are being killed, and it's so unnecessary. So I just say that uh, in watching the Supreme Court today, I thought it was very, it's a very beautiful process. I hope that democracy in this country will continue. Uh, because right now we have a very, very tough situation with all of the radical left ideas, with the weaponization of uh, politics. They weaponized it like it's never been weaponized before. It's totally illegal, but they do it anyway. And it has to stop. So President Trump starts talking about the Middle East, how we're on the brink of World War III, and how Biden cannot negotiate. He cannot handle the job of president talking with these world leaders because he's not mentally competent and can't even put two sentences together. Now, this appears to have taken place before the breaking story of Ben-Hur special counsel's investigation into Biden's handling of classified information of which there will be no charges. And the reason why there will be any charges is exactly in line with what President Trump was talking about. To our other breaking story, the release of special counsel Robert Hur's report on President Biden's handling of classified documents. No charges are being recommended. No charges are being recommended. And President Trump, we just heard him say, talking briefly about the or mentioning the weaponization, right? So they're weaponizing the DOJ to go after Trump for having classified information in his house, but there's no charges against Biden. Let's get to David Spun. He's live for us at the Justice Department with the breaking information on this. David. Hey, Trace, you could call it a busy day in Washington, D.C. We got this report, 345 pages. And while there are no charges, it is still damning for not only President Biden, but his administration. Yes, it is. And that's the whole point. The whole point is to let Biden skate on this, but put out this report and let this be the genesis. I believe this is going to be the genesis of the ousting of Biden by the Democrats so they can bring in either Gavin Newsom or Michelle Obama before the uh, you know before things get into full swing so they have a chance to actually campaign and and build support. This is the beginning of it. Mark my words, this is the beginning of it. He's a sitting president, so he can't sit trial, right? But, the, you know, the special counsel is saying, quote, he spoke painfully slow. He struggled to remember events. He strained to read and remember his own notebook entries. That his memory, he didn't remember when his vice presidency began and ended, asking, quote, in, in 2009, was I still vice president? And his memory appeared hazy about key events. Those are some damning and alarming details in that report about the lack of mental acuity. Remember, this is recent. Th these are recent, you know, within the last year and months of interviews with Joe Biden, and he can't even remember when he was vice president. He doesn't have the mental acuity. That's now. Now let's actually go to the actual crime and the nature of these documents and why Biden held them in the first place. But before we get there, just let that sink in. He couldn't even remember when he stopped being vice president or when he started being vice president. That That's saying something. And it's not just playing stupid. Once again, this, this report is out there to damage Biden in preparation for his ouster 
via the 25th Amendment. We'll talk about that and look at that, how that's going to happen toward the end of this report. I want to read some very important passages. First of all, let's put up the fact that uh, we have photographs that show Biden's garage, the president's garage at his Wilmington, Delaware home, with boxes, tattered, ripped, torn boxes containing classified documents. You remember he told our Peter Ducey that he kept them in his garage. It's not like they were out on the street, something along those lines. So we know that a lot of these documents had to do with Afghanistan and his uh, opposition to his boss, then President Obama's decision to send a troop surge to Afghanistan. Biden was always against that, so he kept a lot of classified documents related to Afghanistan. Think about that. <laughs> he held documents that were classified because he was in opposition to Obama, who was his boss and the commander-in-chief at the time. And that just little detail is just swept right under the rug. Now, I want to read this. It says, quote, we have also considered that at trial, Mr. Biden would likely present himself to a jury, as he did during our interview of him, as a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Based on our direct interactions with and observations of him, he's someone from whom many jurors will want to identify reasonable doubt. It would be difficult to convince a jury that they should convict him, by then a former president well into his 80s, of a serious felony that requires a mental state of willfulness. This is directly from page six of the report. Wow, there is so much to unpack there, but let me keep my analysis brief. First of all, they are not bringing forth any charges because they don't think they can win a case. Yet they're brought forth many charges against President Trump. So in other words, they are admitting that the DC courts or the courts are all, and the jurors, are tainted. They're all leftists. They're going to fall for the old man in his 80s who has a memory and is a former president and they're not going to go for it. Yet, they don't afford President Trump that. They said, oh, they're going after him. President Trump is in his late 70s and is also a former president, but that didn't stop them from going after him. Now, that other thing they just said is quite interesting. Once again, I'm telling you, this is my second evidence, I'm not going to say proof, but second evidence that President Biden is no more. They're referring to him as they're not going to prosecute him because he would be a former president in his 80s. He's running for re-election. If he ran, he would be president if he ran and won. Now we know that he can't legitimately win, but he is going. he is running for re-election right now, yet Ben-Hur and the DOJ and, and the special prosecutors are saying, oh, if, if we bring a case against Biden, he would be a former president. They're, the case is not going to take four or five years. If they've investigated anything, they would, make, they would be charging him. They would be bringing charges and going to court either now or, let's say, by next year. And isn't, isn't Biden, doesn't he have a chance of being president next year? But they're already making the assumption that he's going to be an ex-president. 
Think about that. That's a that's a, a pretty big reveal. The special counsel is saying they don't want to bring a case against him because people are uh, the jury is going to be sympathetic toward him so that they're they're going to waste their time and not win. That's a tell. The second tell is he's going to be a ex-president at that time. They are already planning, they're already admitting that Joe Biden will not be the president next year. Isn't he the commander in chief? Don't they have to make an assumption that they don't know who's going to win next year? Yet, these people are so transparent in their evil plotting ways. They just told us that Joe Biden is not going to be the president next year. Wow. He should not not only be the president next year for four more years, but as Tim Scott said, he shouldn't even be the president for four more days. Tim Scott, who has a really good chance of being the vice presidential pick of President Trump. When the special counsel finds that President Biden is not fit to stand before a jury on classified documents, how in the world is he the commander in chief of the greatest military on the face of the earth? It just can't be, but it is. We need four years of Donald Trump, not four more years, heck, four more days of Joe Biden. All right, when you want to prove a point, I believe that when you want to prove a point, you should have or or you should have three pieces of evidence or three pieces of proof that's the ideal you you may only have two but you should always have something that corroborates more than just one data point three will give you a trajectory will will give you some sort of connection right because you have one data point that could mean nothing you could have two and, you know, correlation does not mean causation. Two things don't necessarily uh, make a relationship between data points. But when you have three, you can start to make a case for relation or cause and effect or a trend or something. Even though three data points is the minimum, just in my professional career as an economist, as an analyst, as a banker, I like to have at least in my mind, three points of data, three evidences three witnesses at least to, you know, so that you're like, okay, well, two people could conspire, but if you have three and then you have more witnesses, ah, it seems like that's going to at least get my attention. So I've given you one data point or one evidence that I think they're ousting Biden. And that's that special counsel Ben Hur saying, hey, he's, he, he's, an, he's an elderly man with a bad memory. They're already preparing the 25th Amendment. The second thing is in that same report, they're saying the reason why they don't want to bring this elderly man with a bad memory is because he will be a former president when they bring that case. They're already telling us that he's not going to be the president in 20, uh, come January 20th, 25. And here is the third reason. Is they actually, in my uh, opinion, here's a third bit of evidence that they want to bury Biden. They let him actually have a press conference and address these things to the press. They don't let him address other things, but they let him address this. They set him up to fail. They set him up to fail. So let's show, let me show you. Uh, first, let's start off with Peter Ducey. This is actually was a pretty, I, I kind of found this comedic. I don't know if anyone else did. You'll see what I mean here in a second. Let me play this clip for you. 
President Biden, something the special counsel said in his report is that one of the reasons you were not charged is because, in his description, you are a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. I'm well-meaning, and I'm an elderly man, and I know what the hell I'm doing. I've been president, and I put this country back on its feet. I don't need his recommendation. It's How totally bad out. is your memory, and can you continue as president? My memory is so bad, I can let you speak. That-, that was actually pretty funny. My memory is so bad, I let you speak. Now, I don't know if that was on purpose or not, but we know that Peter Ducey does ask President Biden and Corrine Jean-Pierre and all of the spokesholes for the Biden regime tough questions. And he called on him, says, my memory is so bad, I'll let you speak. Because if he had a good memory, he wouldn't have called on Peter Ducey of Fox News. I don't know if Biden was being funny or just realized or whatever the case may be. I just thought it was pretty comedic. But guess what? It wasn't just Peter Ducey. The press wanted to know, Joe Biden, are you fit to be president? That's uh, that's that's my memory has gotten worse, Mr. President. My memory is not good. My memory is fine. My memory. Take a look at what I've done since I've become president. None of you thought I could pass any of the things I got passed. How'd that happen? You know, I guess I just forgot what was going on. Let's take what Joe Biden said for a moment and put it aside. The way he speaks to press and to everyone is such an elitist way of speaking. He speaks with such contempt, speaking down to people. He's so condescending. He's so nasty and rude. And his facial expressions literally, literally, literally show that he has absolute disdain for the press and for the American people. Mr. President, Mr. President, Mr. President, voters have concerns about your age. How are you going to assuage them? And do you fear that this report is only going to fuel further concerns about your age? Only by some of you. Mr. President, 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 Mr. Because one of a telltale sign of a sociopath is that they never take responsibility. It's never their fault. So this question is a question that if he's been caught, it would it would be better if he just said, look, I, I made a mistake on there. There was, I did not mean to do any harm. It, it was a mistake. But yes, I made this error and I fess up to it. That would go a long way. But evil sociopaths can and never do that. And the few times they do it is because they're sociopaths and they're smart and they know that perhaps they can fool people by doing that. But usually their pride does not let them do that. It gets in the way, like it does with Biden. Do you take responsibility for at least being careless with classified material? I take responsibility for not having seen exactly what my staff was doing. It's not my fault. It was my staff's fault. And I take responsibility that they did the wrong thing. But not really. See, once again, blame it on someone else. If you are a leader, you are responsible for the actions of your subordinates. You know, unless they go totally rogue or something and against you. But that's not the case here. It's not like it was just one box found in his 
messy garage. Nothing wrong with messy garages. I'm just saying. But we have documents there, documents in the uh, Penn uh, Biden Center, uh, in the other institution of higher learning. So you just can't be blaming it on your staff when you've got classified documents everywhere now. Can you, Joe? Of course you can. You are a sociopath, a liar, and they're setting you up with this press conference because they want you out. They want you to show the people that, in fact, you are mentally unfit. Something we've already known. But now they, you know, they want everyone to see the emperor's new clothes. They want it to be even more transparent because they need to give plenty of time for Gavin Newsom or Michelle Obama or whoever it is that they want to set up to steal the election in 2024 and not have Trump be our president. This goes in and points out things that appeared in my garage, things that came out of my home, things that were moved, were moved not by me, but my staff, but my staff. Now, I was watching this clip with my dear wife, Mrs. BCP. Next month, we are going to celebrate 27 years of marriage. I, I'm telling you, I'm the happiest man in my 40s because I got married young to my queen. I was watching this with my wife and she says, they're, t they're, they're talking in his ear. He's listening to someone in his ear. Now, let me let you know, Mrs. BCP is aware high level of what's going on in politics. She's got high level awareness going on, but she's not in the minutia. She's not in the details. She's not watching the news every day like obviously I am as a news analyst and commentator. And I just never, we had never talked about this before, but she looked, she observed him. And maybe because we've been married for 27 years, I was literally thinking the same thing at the same time that she said that, but I didn't verbalize it. I was just thinking about it. And, you know, I, 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 stopped, I stopped the video. I zoomed in a little bit. And I, I don't think that's a real ear. I think it's a false ear that Biden has, or they've got some kind of prosthetic uh, in, going into his ear, uh, into his inner ear canal with something there. But he is looking down as if he's listening in his ear, and he does this very often because they are speaking to him in his ear. respond with the words, watch me. Watch Many me. American people have been watching and they have expressed concerns about your age. That is they, your judgment. They, that is your judgment. That's right. The rest of the world is watching him and we think that he is totally fine. That's just the judgment of the press. The press that is friendly and on the same side as him. Isn't that interesting? Yet they seem to be turning on him right now. Because, of course, his time is up. Time to make room for Gavin or Michael or Michelle or whoever else it might be. That is not the judgment of the press. Did you catch that? I'm going to play that for you again. That is not the judgment of the American people. Which, of course, it is a judgment of the American people. He's telling that reporter, that is your assessment. And it's not the assessment of the press. Either he's confused, because when I first heard this, I thought he was referring to her as the press, that that was the press saying that he's mentally incompetent, but the people aren't saying that. 
But then he goes and says, but that's not the assessment of the press. So what are you saying, Joe Biden? Are you saying that the press is in the bag for you and they're not saying that you're mentally incompetent? Or did you just get confused again saying that it's the press saying that you're mentally incompetent, but at the same time saying it's the press that is saying that you are not mentally incompetent? That's a confusing statement any way you look at it. And of course, that's par for course because Biden is mentally incompetent. That is your judgment. That is your judgment. That is not the judgment of the press. They express concerns about your mental acuity. They say that you are too old. Mr. President, in December, you told me that you believe there are many other Democrats who could defeat Donald Trump. So why does it have to be you now? What is your answer to that question? Because I'm the most qualified person in this country to be president of the United States and finish the job I started. share classified information. I did not share classified information. What that is in reference to is other news that came out yesterday as well that Joe Biden had shared classified information with his ghostwriter as reported here at ABC News. How the ghostwriter of Biden's memoirs ended up in the center of a classified documents probe. Joe Biden worked so closely with the ghostwriter, he is accused of sharing government secrets with Mark Zwanitzer that he once declared that he trusts the author with my life. Joe Biden worked so closely with the ghostwriter with whom he is accused of sharing classified secrets that he once declared that he trusts the author with his life. Mark Z worked with Biden on two memoirs, 2007's Promises to Keep and Promise Me Dad, which was published 10 years later. According to a report released Thursday by special counsel Robert Hur, Biden was sloppy in his handling of classified materials at his home and former office and shared classified information contained in some of them with Z while the two were working on the Biden's second book. Hur's report says no criminal charges are warranted against Biden. It says his office considered charging Z with obstruction of justice because a ghostwriter destroyed recordings of interviews he conducted with Biden while they worked on his second memoir together once he learned of the document's investigation. But her also said Z offered plausible, innocent reasons for having done so and cooperated with investigators subsequently, meaning the evidence against him was likely insufficient to obtain a conviction. I mean, think about this once again, folks. Uh, they, they, they seem to go out of their way to not prosecute anyone in this. We thought about prosecuting the ghostwriter, but not the actual former vice president and senator, senator for information that, I mean, it's not the ghostwriter's fault that he got that information. And then when he heard the information, you know, he, he erased it. But if he erased it before he was actually subpoenaed, why would they even consider arresting him? I mean, Hillary Clinton and her people were destroying blackberries and, and blitz, bleach bidding everything man the two-tier tyranny and system and the two-tier of justice is so evident it makes me sick as an american and i'm sure it makes you sick as well all right so that was the q a and as you heard there at the very end it started getting hot and heavy and the handlers came in and said okay that's it no more questions no more questions and he says i didn't share that information with anybody so now he's denying that he shared information with the ghostwriter and how do we know because the recordings are now destroyed so it's a he said, she said, or he said, he said situation. Now, let's go back to earlier in that same press uh, briefing where Joe Biden is addressing these charges that he's not mentally fit to be president, uh, that he's not fit to be president. 
that he's not mentally able. He's just a kind, well-meaning old man. They really went out of their way to paint him as well-meaning. He is well-meaning to his bank account and that of his family. He's not well-meaning to America. He's well-meaning to China and to the enemy states and to the military-industrial complex, but he's not well-meaning for America, and the president should be looking after America and her, her interests. So let's go back earlier. Let me just tell you, just in case you are not uh, aware, that the president of Mexico is Lopez, uh, Lopez Obrador. He's known as AMLO. Uh, and the president of Egypt is Sisi. And Mexico is in North America and is not part of the conflict in the Middle East and in North Africa. Let's just remember that as we listen to what Joe Biden said in the same press briefing where he's defending that he is mentally up to the task of being president. I'm of the view, as you know, that the conduct of the response in Gaza, in the Gaza Strip has been um, over the top. I think that, uh, as you know, initially, the president of Mexico, Sisi, did not want to open up the gate to allow humanitarian material to get in. I talked to him. I convinced him to open the gate. I talked to Bibi to open the gate on the Israeli side. I've been pushing really hard, really hard, to get humanitarian assistance into Gaza. There are a lot of innocent people who are starving. A lot of innocent people. You heard that, right? The president of Mexico. He's talking to the president of Mexico who has nothing to do with this. Obviously, confusing the, uh, the president of Mexico with the president of Egypt. He was lost in his, in his press conference to make us feel better about the disaster uncovered in the special counsel. He referred not to Sisi, the president of Egypt, but of Mexico. So the mistakes continue. Listen, it is time for a change. The commander in chief has to be fit for duty. And this one is not. This is during the press conference where he's trying to convince people that Ben, uh, Robert Hur. did I say Ben Hur earlier? Did I, did I make that mistake? I know in a, in a previous episode, I, I talked about the a movie 2,000 Mules, and I think I might have called it 3,000 Mules a couple times. I actually had gone back and, and tried to edit it, but I figured you guys would know that that's, that's me having a Joe Biden moment, calling the movie 3,000 Mules, when we all know it's 2,000 Mules, especially since I corrected it later, said it right later in the episode. I'm talking about one of the uh, special reports I did on the stealing of the election and Christopher Ray and Bill Barr's part in that. I will continue that series again next week. But literally, we have this press conference where Biden is trying to convince people that he is mentally sharp and he calls the president of Egypt the president of Mexico. And I'll let it play a little bit longer because sometimes like you'll make a mistake and correct yourself in the moment, but he never did. He just kept going on and on and on. But he doesn't know who the players are. He doesn't know what the hell is going on in the Middle East. He can't even remember the major players. Can you at least, when it comes to the war, the Gaza war, the Israel, Israel Hamas war. Can you at least remember the major players of Hamas and Israel? 
Joe Biden couldn't just two days ago, just two days ago before this report came out, before President Trump had his day in court at the Supreme Court, this is what Joe Biden said. He could not remember Hamas was the opponent to Israel in the Hamas war and the whole skirmish in Gaza. Someone had to tell him that during this press briefing. This was just two days ago. This bipartisan agreement also provides Israel with what it needs to protect its people and defend itself against Hamas terrorists. And it will provide the necessary life-saving humanitarian assistance for the Palestinian people. So when he has a teleprompter and he's reading his speech, he clearly says Hamas terrorists. But when it comes to after the speech, he closes his book and now he's got to answer questions on his own. Just a few moments later, he can't remember who the opponent is. He can't remember the name Hamas, even though he said it just a few moments earlier because obviously he was reading from a teleprompter. But left to his own device, we see the true Joe Biden. He doesn't know what the hell is going on. This indirectly has a lot to do with the hostage deal and what's going on in the Middle East. The decision on what we do relative to Israel, the decision what we do in terms of American funding, of whether we're going to engage with the situation in Ukraine. It all goes to the question of American power. It all goes to, was America keep its word? Does America move forward? There is some movement, and I don't want to, I don't want to, well, maybe choose my words. There's some movement. There's been a response from the, uh, the, the. There's been a response from the opposition. But um, it, it, yes, I'm sorry, from Hamas. But it seems to be. Uh, a little over the top. We're not sure where it is. There's a continuing negotiation right now. Mr. President, if this bill fails, would you consider supporting something separate that just addresses Israel or Ukraine? I'm not going to concede that now. We need it all. The rest of the world's looking at us, and they really are. <laughs> the, the, uh, the opposition, um, uh, yeah, Hamas. Yeah, yeah, Hamas. Then he finishes, he finishes his statement, doesn't say thank you, we appreciate you being here. He just wanders off because they spoke in his ear and said, that's it, Joe, come backstage. A, uh, you know, uh, well, he's there in the in the uh, one of the rooms, looks like, of the White House. Come this way, his handlers tell him, and he leaves like a robot, as if, he, as if there's no one present there. Didn't say thank you, appreciate it, just walks off. That is the M.O. of Joe Biden. All right, let me just show you this last part of that clip from Fox News earlier where they're talking about uh, giving a synopsis, giving a breakdown of some of the parts of Robert Hur's assessment of why they're not going after Joe Biden, even though he willfully took the information because he didn't agree with the Afghan policy, policy of Obama. But it's okay because, you know, he eventually cooperated and Trump didn't cooperate because they subpoenaed him, but they never subpoenaed 
Biden because they were trying to remember, remember they're trying to keep this whole thing under wraps. We weren't even supposed to even know anything about this. They never subpoenaed him. They just kind of said, hey, get, get this stuff back to us. President Trump, no, subpoena and a raid of Mar-a-Lago. So we see picture after picture of documents that are in his garage. Some of the other key passages, it says there is no evidence that Mr. Biden shared classified information with any foreign person. Uh, in January 2017, after the end of his vice presidency, Mr. Biden found classified documents at his Virginia home and returned them. So it's a bit of a mixed bag, uh, critical of him, no question, saying that he did willfully uh, take classified documents, uh, but did return them once he thought it was appropriate to return them. And over and over, as we see right there in those pictures, that's that box I'm talking about with the Afghanistan documents uh, in his garage in Wilmington, Delaware. And, and this all comes at the same time uh, the former president is facing trial in Florida for taking classified documents. But legal analysts, and I'm not a legal analyst, will say that uh, it may be a little bit different because Donald Trump was issued a subpoena to turn those over. Biden was not. Uh, but after all, this is not good news for the White House here uh, when they're trying to uh, get away from this. And here we go with picture after picture after picture, 345 pages total for this report. Trace. There you have it, folks. I'm theorizing that we're seeing the ouster of Biden right before our eyes. Number one, this report is being released saying that uh, Joe Biden made these mistakes because he's a nice old well-meaning man that is confused. Two, the report says they don't expect him to be president when he would when he would hold trial. So that the deep states already put in the report they don't expect Biden to be president next year. And three, the handlers have him out there, even though he had a faux pas just the other day, not remembering Hamas, they still put him out there to call the Egyptian president, the president of Mexico, and to uh, take on the press with more gaffes and more foibles. And this, that third reason, I think we're going to see more of them putting Joe out there in the next few days and weeks so they can kind of put the nail in the coffin of, look, everybody, yeah, Joe Biden really isn't physically fit to do it. And then they're going to remove him via the 25th Amendment. Ratified by Congress in 1967, it lays out the procedures for replacing the president should he or she be incapacitated or deemed unable to do their job. The plan is explained in four sections. Section 4 is the last and only provision to the 25th Amendment that has yet to be used. It says the VP would become acting president if he or she, along with the majority of the president's cabinet, inform Congress that the president is unable to, quote, discharge the powers and duties of office. But a president can challenge these claims in Section 4. The VP and cabinet majority would then have four days to convince Congress that the president cannot carry out his duties. Then, lawmakers can only remove the president with a two-thirds majority vote in the House and Senate. So the last section is the part that most of us think of when the 25th Amendment, that he is not mentally able to do it and it would have to go through and eventually get congressional support for his removal, which I think would happen. Here's why. One, the Republicans would be all for it as much as they dislike Kamala Harris. They know that Kamala Harris is controlled and not, she's not bright. We know she's not bright, but she's not Joe Biden. And of course, the Democrats, if they get the marching orders, Joe's out, 
let's make room for Michelle Obama or let's make room for Gavin Newsom, they'll fall in line and they will vote however they're told to vote. So if the powers that be on the Democrat side want Joe Biden out via the 25th Amendment, the fourth section, they will fall in line and obviously the Republicans would want him out as well. So that could be done. But there are other sections where they could transfer the power over to Kamala Harris for a while so they don't have to go through Section 4 and go through Congress. It's been done before. Section 3 outlines how the president can transfer his powers to the VP, then resume office when he's ready. For example, George W. Bush invoked Section 3 when he underwent a medical procedure. Dick Cheney temporarily assumed power until Bush was fit to serve again. They can fake a medical emergency. They can say that uh, he's temporarily got a cognitive issue and they transfer the power. He transferred the powers over to Kamala Harris so that he can get them back later, but they never give it back to him. These people are demonic, devilish, vile, wicked, and conniving. They can find a way to use the 25th Amendment to get Biden out of being president and therefore say, hey, look, he can't run for re-election, and then they bring in Michelle or Gavin. And as of yesterday, of course, we're hearing from the right side that we need to take the 25th Amendment seriously as a tool to get rid of Joe Biden before the elections this November. I think we're in a national security crisis. If the man is not fit to serve trial, uh, Joe Biden has not served a fit trial, then he is not fit to serve as president of the United States. As president of the United States, he carries around the nuclear football. I mean, think about that. He is making the biggest decisions on behalf of our entire country, not only our country, but in a large part, the entire world. Yet he's not able to serve, not able to stand trial for all the documents that he kept, not only as vice president, but also as a senator. Um, this is extremely serious. I, yeah. I look forward to talking with Speaker Johnson and many of my colleagues. We need to look at, at possibly impeachment, but the cabinet should be invoking the 25th Amendment. So that was Marjorie Taylor Greene. Let's see what Representative Tenney of New York has to say about this as well. In other words, we have people in D.C. on the Capitol talking about the 25th Amendment. Why it is that you think that that it's important now to to use the 25th Amendment to try and remove President Biden from office? Well, first, Trace, I just want to say President Biden needs to be charged or he needs to be removed from office under the 25th Amendment. There isn't a middle ground here. And as some of your prior guests have eloquently explained, you know, the prosecutor has made a reasonable case that Joe Biden and obviously stated that he actually mishandled, disclosed and improperly mm -hmm. used uh, used classified materials. He then said, but, you know, we are judging his personality and that we don't think that we can get a jury to come to a conclusion on that, which is really not the standard because he is forgetful and an old man 
And he actually mm-hmm. also makes a reasonable case that Joe Biden can actually stand trial. So if yeah. he can't stand trial, he certainly can't carry out the duties of president of the United States and yeah. commander in chief of our armed forces. So that's why I think it's one or the other. You either have to prosecute him or he has to be removed under the under the 25th Amendment. So you you're thinking you're going to ask your colleagues to look into this more? Oh, we have to. I mean, we absolutely have to. This cannot be dismissed. And look at recently at his speaking events where he's talking about speaking about speaking to people that have already died. Um, his his mental clarity, his memory, uh, his ability to make decisions is extremely important as president of the United States. And the Democrat Party cannot hide this anymore. We, we have to move forward and do something about it. So that again, was the voice for those of you listening to the podcast of MTG, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Representative Tenney of New York has sent a letter to the DOJ about the 25th Amendment. Now you heard right there Marjorie Taylor Greene saying, leading up to all of this, what were we getting earlier this week? We got Joe Biden talking to dead people. We, The one that made the big one because we could see it was him referring to the president of France who died in 1996 as him having a conversation uh, with a dead president of France about the January 6th supposed insurrection. But that wasn't all. Just in case you missed it, he had a second faux pas when it came to talking uh, to dead people. We got the other day Another slip at Biden's fundraiser tonight via pool. So this was something that happened that was reported. At the second and third events today, POTUS seemed to say that Helmut Kohl, who died in 2017, was there with him at his first foreign trip as president talking about January 6th. Angela Merkel was the German chancellor in 2021. So obviously this is a pattern of seeing dead people, which some people believe happens when you're getting close to death yourself. Now, let's let's not kid ourselves here. They could also just poison Biden and have him die. He is 81. He does have signs of dementia and he's an old man. They could just they could just do to him what they did to Andrew Breitbart and say that he just passed away. But in the meantime, calls for the 25th Amendment abound. We've got. Mark Levin yesterday announcing in the afternoon, tonight on my radio show, I will start explaining the special counsel report should trigger the 25th Amendment and removal of Biden. Yes, yes, I know who would become president, but it would be no different. And she's in an electoral disaster as well. But the issue is upholding the Constitution. Biden is and has been unfit to be president from the moment he entered the Oval Office. Just as we explained months ago, why the Section 3 14th Amendment gambit would fail, This 25th Amendment is a discussion that must begin, and I will start it. We have Sean Davis over at The Federalist. If Trump wasn't mentally fit to serve as president six years ago under the 25th Amendment, as countless left-wing morons told us, how is he fit to stand trial before the same regime that magically declared Biden gets both to both remain as president and not stand trial? Excellent, excellent by the Genius Sean Davis over at The Federalist. How about this one from Brian York over at The Washington Examiner? 
devastating report, classified documents, investigation yields telling evidence of 81-year-old Joe Biden's serious memory problems, 25th Amendment territory. But of course, these are pundits. Let's go to actual politicians. Representative Anna Polina Luna, the DOJ won't prosecute because they're worried that a jury will expose Biden for what he is, suffering some cognitive issue that at this point is dangerous. For safety and national security reasons, how is he fit to be president? And then Mike Lee responds, I agree with Representative Luna. The fact that President Biden is suffering from serious cognitive issues is a significant threat to national security. His cabinet members need to invoke the 25th Amendment. If they don't, they and he should be impeached. We don't need this. So you have a sitting member of the Senate, not just Tenney and uh, Taylor Green in the House talking about the 25th Amendment. Let's go back to another congresswoman, Mary Miller of Illinois. For the safety of our nation, Joe Biden must resign. He could not remember basic facts about his life. He is not competent to remain as commander-in-chief, and every day that he remains, he puts America at risk. If he won't resign, the cabinet must invoke the 25th Amendment. And then you've got U.S. Attorney McCarthy, who doesn't like Trump. He's an anti-Trumper, from what I understand says there's enough evidence to invoke the 25th Amendment to remove Joe Biden after special counsel her concluded investigation into Joe Biden's handling of documents. Josh Hawley, time for the 25th Amendment. Rick Scott, in defending his mental sharpness, Biden just mixed up the presidents of Mexico and Egypt. The train wreck of press conference confirms the need for the 25th Amendment. So I maintain, folks, that uh, this is the beginning of the ouster. Will it be by the 25th Amendment or some other mechanism? I don't know. But even the Democrats are applauding the ousting of Biden. What are your thoughts? Put it down below. Once again, this is a viewer-supported show. We are, it's your contributions as subscribers uh, and paid supporters of this show. We appreciate your continued support. Tell a friend so we can grow our base. We have no way of growing our, our base. Uh, not a big fan of Rumble. They haven't really helped us uh, grow uh, this show and platform. Obviously, we're not on YouTube. And uh, we are pretty stagnant on the podcast. But podcasts take a little bit longer to grow. So we, we are, we're growing, but just not as quick as we can if you let people know about this program. Please do so. Until the next one, ciao, goodbye, God bless. Please receive a big hug from myself, from Mrs. BCP, and the rest of the BCP family. We're in a situation where we have put together, and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics.